Hello, latest PS5 community. Don't mind me, I'm just here to let you know that this week this episode is completely advertisement free. Therefore, you can enjoy this episode with absolutely no interruptions. If, of course, you prefer to gain access to all of our ad-free episodes, this is available through our Patreon link in the description. Enough from me, back to the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about learning. As a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Second. Oh, for fuck's sake. This fucking tablet. Yeah, I want listeners to hearing this. This is the shit we have to go through. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the latest PS5. I'm sick. I'm ill. I'm still here. He's recuperating from his birthday preparations. Mr. Alex Sylvester, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. As you can see, I'm on this nice sunny beach enjoying okay. my uh, birthday with a jump around. <laughs> Hey, and a, and a hat and a hat to yeah, see, and a you, hat. Know. you know they really can't be too careful now especially with hurricanes going around but uh oh, but yeah no. man it's my birthday yesterday enjoyed it had a nice relaxed chilled out day um i wish there were more of those to be honest <laughs> oh yeah definitely 100 i think we all do uh it was so funny because last week we were like it's a really slow news week we managed to stretch it out to over an hour by some miracle but this week there's too much news uh to oh, get through gosh, we've got a lot to get through We've got Helm, Helman Hurst, uh, Axios interview. We've got PSVR 2 manufacturing projections. We've got Cyberpunk sequels. We've got news about From Software expanding into more media. So much Word. to go through. But before we get into all that, Alex, what have you been playing? I've been bashing away at Horizon Forbidden West and having a bit of a bash at that. Um, I haven't really been, uh, I've been neglecting Aloy for a bit. So I thought I'd give it some time. And uh, I'm still on my way to trying to get to Ted Farrow and his secrets, but I just keep getting distracted by all the side missions, man. They're just so interesting. Well, <laughs> I think... You get caught up in so many people's politics and bullshit. You're thinking, okay, I... let's just see what, it's, let's see what this is about. I Next think thing you after... know, you're, um, you've leveled up a whole load of skill points uh, and you're not even close to any of her storyline at all. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm uh, forgetting what she's supposed to be doing. <laughs> mad. Well, I think the listeners can concur that after 115 lessons, unless it's called The Last of Us, you do not play a game all the way through without breaking and then coming back to it a year later or something <laughs> like that. You know, we know that exactly. already. Um, well, for How myself, you, you I finished... To? Uh, I finished Resident Evil 3 Remake, which is obviously what I started last week. Um, so, yeah, good game. Not as good as Resident Evil 2, but the ray tracing yeah. looks amazing on PlayStation 5, especially towards the end when you're in the Umbrella facility. So, yeah, finished that. Uh, went back to Gran Turismo 7. So I was just doing a little bits of Gran Turismo 7. Just got my next license so I could do the next set of races. And uh, I've just nice. installed the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. You know what? I'm just, I'm just going through back catalogue. That I've paid mm-hmm. for because I thought if I've paid money for it, I better play it, not get the free stuff. Let's play it. Let's play it because obviously once God of War hits, that's it. Then you know exactly. Yeah, everybody will be missing time, taking exactly. time off work. Well, especially when you hear the news that it's apparently a forty-hour game. I'm like, ooh, forty-hour. That's the sweet spot right there. It is. Mm. It is indeed. Um, but we've got a lot of news to get through this week. Um, so we're going to start with number one. So. 
instead of just going through bullet points, what I've done is I'm just going to read an article from Axios because they're the ones that held the interview with Hellman Holst. He's done a lot of interviews and he had an internal presentation which facts have come out of. So I'm going to go through this interview with um, Axios and then we'll go into just some bullet points from the presentation. So number one, Sony PlayStation is diversifying the types of games it makes, but will not neglect its core strength of single-player narrative adventures, PlayStation Studios chief Hellman Holst tells Axios. So why does it matter? Winning gaming hardware generations by selling the most consoles is no longer enough for PlayStation. While it entered a new console cycle with the 2020 launch of the PlayStation 5, Sony has also begun expanding into PC and mobile development. This is what Home and Host had to say. We have a history and reputation for building these incredible narrative-driven single-player games, such as The Last of Us and Horizon and the upcoming God of War. Holst says, chatting via video conference from his office in Amsterdam. The PlayStation Studios head is centrally located to orchestrate expansion efforts, coordinating the work of some 4,000 developers across 19 studios from Japan to California. We're also diversifying now, and we have stood up to 12 projects in total in the live ops multiplayer space. Live ops or live service games are usually multiplayer and designed for years of post-release content that can generate additional revenue. Live games such as Epic's Fortnite and EA's Apex Legends are amongst the industry's biggest hits, but Sony has had scant success in the category. Most of Sony's live service games haven't been announced yet and are deep in development. They'll come from newly acquired teams such as Haven Studios, partners such as Firewalk, and even Sony internal teams that are best known for single-player games, Hulse says. They won't all be original intellectual property hosts. We're not excluding bringing some of our beloved existing franchises into live games. Traditional PlayStation fans shouldn't fret. The blockbuster single-player narrative game Sony regularly wins awards for aren't going away. Many of Sony's top developers like making them and will continue to do so, the studio chief says. Some of our biggest titles in the single-player narrative-driven space are also our most profitable titles. Skipping on there... Sony is also courting PC and mobile markets. The later is nearly double the global revenue, according to research firm Nuzo. On PC, it has released four former PlayStation 4 games to robust sales with more coming. Mobile is going slower, with no titles announced, but obvious ambition. Host says Sony plans to build up its internal capability to making mobile games, will work with external partners, and refers to recently purchased Savage Game Studios as Sony's first acquisition for its mobile group. Sony may also still make some games for the PS4, despite only having PS5-exclusive console games announced beyond 2022. We certainly don't want to forget the millions of active players on PS4, and we want to ensure... There are great games for them as well, Holst says. We're evaluating it on a case-by-case basis. Sony's moves comes at a cost for rise for creating blockbuster games. Most of the bigger teams have grown in recent years, Holst acknowledges. Bringing titles to PC for additional sales has helped. It allows us to continue to invest into deeper projects. So what's next? Holst teams have a dizzying set of priorities ahead of them, including delivering games for the early 2023 launch of PSVR 2. They've also got a formidable task to figure out live games and will benefit from the experience of a top studio in that sector, Bungie, which the current company recently acquired. 
In March, Sony's live service game effort with the racing game Gran Turismo hit a snag after it had to correct an unpopular update tied to virtual car prices. We've got to listen and learn and react quickly, host says of the experience. That's what we're learning. So there's a lot to take in there. So there was that interview and there were some presentations to investors. So first up, Alex, want to discuss Single-player games remain an important core focus with more coming to PS5 than PlayStation 4. They're never going to lose sight of them. There's 25 new first-party games currently in development with half of them as new IPs, and that number is going to increase through the generation. So we're going to stop there, Alex. Mm-hmm. Big takeaway there. Despite sure all the talk would. of mobile game, live service games, Sony is saying that <clears> the <throat> big priority is still and always will be single-player narrative-driven games with more in development for PS5 and PS4. Your thoughts on that? My thought is that at least they're starting to focus more on the quality of the experience as opposed to just being a financial grab. You know, when uh, companies, I guess, were struggling or when there was a big, massive um, rush for that quick cash grab, uh, which was the mobile game era. Um, You saw a whole lot of companies pretty much switching over and just creating any type of BS mobile driven game that they could you know nintendo was victims of it as well uh sony even microsoft but i guess you know there was a massive explosion in terms of revenue you know for uh, those types of games especially on you know the likes of apple and like the google play store um but at least now we're actually starting to see companies really focus on what their you know their core competences you know what actually makes them the companies that we've known to know and love and it's nice to hear someone like Herman Holtz actually taking the reins and saying yeah we are sticking to our guns you know we're not going to leave you fans behind we're going to make sure that the same type of games that brought you to the platform um are going to be enhanced upon and you don't have to worry about about us just selling out and doing you know um quantity over quality you know and it's nice to hear this it's really good Wow, I'm sure the investors Alex. would have been very happy about that as well. But well, then again, I'm not sure if the investors would have been happy, to be honest, because obviously they want to make those those mobile money games, don't they? <laughs> They're like, exactly. what are you talking about, Herman? <laughs> and I think what makes gamers happy is of the 25 first-party games in development, half of them are new IPs. So let's just say 12. Mm-hmm. So 12 new IPs in development across PlayStation 5, obviously yeah. PC and mobile, which is a lot of them are going to be live service as well. But it's nice to see that we are getting continuations of existing IPs, but we are also getting new IPs as well, aren't we? Yeah, 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 that's good. And that's always good to see because obviously there's only so many sequels that you can keep pumping out and how many remakes you can do. It's nice to know that they're actually starting to go back to the, you know, the grassroots, as it were, and get some new IPs, new ideas. You know, there's a host of... Um, independent developers out there who've got like you know a whole lot of experience of playing games that we've grown up and known and love and they know exactly where to take it or have ideas of where they could actually take it forward uh, into the future and i think that's necessary in order to make sure that the industry continues to grow and doesn't get stagnant nobody wants any stagnation yeah and i think a big thing is you look at insomniac they they they're creating a sequel spider-man 2 they're creating a new ip in wolverine you look at Sony Santa Monica, they've already said God of War Ragnarok will end this saga in the Norse mythology with Kratos as well. They've got a new IP on the back burner. You look at Naughty Dog, they did The Last of Us too. We don't have, you know, they're doing factions, but there's something else, you know, that Neil Druckmann has already said that is in development, which we haven't heard about yet. So, you know, even the big mm-hmm. hitters, Housemark as well said it's a new IP coming. So it's an exciting time in terms of uh, single player games and obviously new IPs. 
Another yeah. one, Alex, studio acquisitions are less an arms race and more a search for teams and talent that integrate well into the culture while expanding scope. More studio acquisitions are coming. I mean, Ooh, we know this is not going nice. to end, but you can see that Sony are very methodical on their purchases. I mean, you look at Microsoft and yes, the Bethesda deal was really good on paper, but they've spent almost $9 billion just buying them. And there's been no fruit to that labor yet, even after all these years, because they just bought them because it's the name. They wanted Starfield, which is rumored to be delayed again. And we're still yet to see any, you know, like, mm. okay, we bought Bethesda. How is it helping us in this generation? It hasn't helped you yet. It's only helped like pad out your Game Pass library of old games, you know. Yeah. And in the future, that will happen. And obviously, we're going to talk about the Activision um deal later on in the show but you mm -hmm. look at what sony's purchasing they've purchased housemark you know who created mm -hmm. a roguelike game in returnal they purchased yeah. insomniac who just has to go down right now as the greatest acquisition that you can get because they're just pumping out hit after hit after hit but yeah. then they went with bungie completely different not they not for single player narrative but for something completely mm -hmm. different where do you think they'll go going forward now do you think they'll buy another somebody from the live service side or do you think they'll go for a single player company um i think they'll go in, in in every way that they can <laughs> you know yeah. whoever comes at that right price uh you know um the names escape me at the moment but um, i'm sure that would be the smart business move for them to make sure that they've got another live service company another um you know single player narrative driven story you know whoever's an expert at that uh, and even when it comes to sports as well you know it'd be nice to see them just make sure that they can diversify uh, and make sure that they're ready for or that they are the home for all types of content you know in the coming years you know as the platforms start to get developed in terms of what their capable their capabilities are um and also as they're exploring into different formats, you know, in terms of uh, TV, you know, we've got The Last of Us now on HBO Max coming soon. Um, you know, they need to make sure that they've got a host of IPs as well as um, a host of different genres to keep and um, gamers entertained, not only the ones that they have, but new gamers as well, you know, and I think that's very important for their survival. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on there, uh, PlayStation Studios will continue to share technology between each other. And also the Japanese games and market are very important to Sony Interactive Entertainment, are excited to continue working and improving relationships with From Software, developers of Elden Ring, Square Enix, developers of Final Fantasy, Team Ninja, Rise of Ronin, and more. So, I mean, that's the one good perk that the first parties have, isn't it? It's the fact that they're sharing technologies and stuff, something which we're yeah. going to get into in a later story as well. But it's just mm -hmm. a nice culture to have that if you're struggling in some area, there's another developer that's there to help you and assist you and guide you in a way. Exactly, exactly. You know, nobody wants bugs in games. And obviously, you know, their their quality needs to remain on top, even though when it comes to glitches, geez. <laughs> Horizon, we've been west, and I've mentioned this previous podcast, geez, man, that needs some real work, you know. So I'm glad that these companies are now going to be collaborating with each other and hopefully they'll be able to release games without as many glitches because obviously nobody wants a cyberpunk scenario. Um, but yeah, what I've been seeing in Horizon is not too far off. Mate, I'm not. I, I, I think your Horizon has AIDS or your PlayStation has AIDS or something because I don't know what you're on about, man. Oh, whoa, whoa, um, hold up there, man. Let me talk about AIDS. Man. I think the only, the only, the only, the my only glitches has only been with one other person. My, 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 my uh, Horizon <laughs> has only ever consoles. been. 
<laughs> has only ever had hair through the arm and shit. Like, I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, really? Um, no, no, I think it's. I think you were you were just too excited about the game that you you missed all the glitches. But um, I, I obviously I've I've been going through every single. Are you playing game. it? How are you playing it? Uh, through the console? Or are you playing it over the internet? Uh, both, both, yeah. So the glitches are in um, on both. So you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it is just the copy that I have. Maybe there's a another patch that I need to try and get. But um, yeah, you yeah, can always check on there. Um, yeah, if you just press the the button on the options button on the menu it'll tell you yeah, if yeah. you've got the latest update or not because you're never bloody online so who knows if you bloody have the update or not who knows, installed. <laughs> who knows, who knows, but I will, I will double check that uh when it comes to AAA first party single player games uh those will not come to pc for at least one year at minimum playstation will not bring games to pc or playstation plus subscription game catalog until sales on ps5 have died down each game will be on a case-by-case basis by the time a first-party AAA single-player game comes to PC, you will already be able to buy it cheaper on the PlayStation 5 or get it included on a PlayStation Plus subscription game catalogue. However, live service games will be different. So, I mean, it's something we kind of already spoke about on here. Uh, yes, they're bringing games to PC. They're not doing it straight away. We know that live service games, even though it hasn't been officially announced, will be day and date because that's how you get the player base up straight off the bat. But it's nice to get some clarity that, yeah, it will be like a year or so before you see those big single-player narrative-driven games on PC. I mean, now we're obviously seeing that Sackboy is coming to PC. You know, the leaked screenshot of Returnals, graphic settings have leaked, but they've all been a year, you know. So um, PC gamers are getting it. But, I mean, it's just adding weight to what Shuhei said last week, wasn't it, that... We release the game at a premium price. It then moves down its tier, so it keeps that revenue coming in, you know, which obviously goes back into the developers developing new projects and stuff. But Alex, mm-hmm. bit of clarity there. Big single-player narrative-driven games like God of, God, God, God of War. Go say God, God of, of War. War. God of War, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Uncharted, Last of Us, all these, at least a year minimum before it even sees yeah. a later date on PS5. Thoughts? On the, P- on the PC. Well, yeah, I mean... Like they said, you know, they, they make that massive statement and then they also say we'll um, assess this on a game by game basis, yeah. um, which is their, their nice little caveat there, which means to me that wherever the money is, they'll go. And um, I, I think it's great to say that right now, obviously, they're just trying to make sure that investors are keeping, you know, to keep the investors happy. But it's just business talk at the end of the day. If a lot more pull is pulling um money towards the PC market, then naturally we'll start seeing closer day in day releases um with some of the you know more valuable franchises. And I don't see that as being a problem to be honest. You know, they're actually already stepping into the PC market with the monitors that they've just released. I'm not sure what the line is again. I'm sure somebody in the comments will remind us. Um, but yeah, it shows that they're actually, you know, they're considering the PC market and they know that it's a very valuable piece of the of the puzzle. And obviously they don't want to upstage the PS5, but at the same time the PC market's massive, you know, and they've already welcomed some of the key franchises, like like the ones that you've mentioned, as well as the ones which will be coming in the next, the next coming months. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. We'll see if Herman Holst, uh, we'll see how long Herman Holst can actually stick to this comment of um, making it a minimum of a year, <laughs> because my money is the complete opposite. I think I think if the game is selling really, really well, they'll stretch it out for the year. If a game dies a quick death, like a Destruction All-Stars or something like that, then they'll be like, let's just get it while we can, as fast as we can onto PC, get some extra revenue out of it, and then be done with it, you know? So, yeah, it will be uh, intriguing to see if it stays to a year or not. And finally, just a small tidbit. We kind of knew it already. Horizon Call of the Mountain will launch 
with the PSVR2 headset. It would have been stupid if it did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a la Halo. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that was a big first news story with a lot of information to get through from home and host. And as I mentioned, there's so much news this week. Alex, you're sticking yeah, with yeah. Sony on number two, aren't you? Sticking with Sony. Um, according to a report on Bloomberg, Sony Interactive Entertainment is looking to manufacture 2 million PSVR2 units by March 2023. Mass production of the new virtual reality headset started in September this year and has yet to be met with supply constraints. Sony is hoping that the ongoing PS5 shortage will be improved by early 2023, which is the release window for the PSVR 2. As such, the format holder is hopeful that its new headset will align with PS5 sales, which is the fastest selling console in many territories. The console manufacturer is starting to ramp up its marketing efforts for the PSVR 2 with a new trailer dropping last month. Sony's Shuhei Yoshida uh, recently claimed during an interview that indie developers will start taking more risks with PSVR 2. Yes, yes, and yes. So that's just fantastic news, isn't it? Two million. Nah. I'm sure it took a year for PSVR to sell a million units. Yeah, If you can flood the market with two million vr2 headsets by march 2020 what i can't i can't picture it man i cannot picture them getting two million in the market you know what i mean yeah well they, they could they could and it looks like they they will um but at the moment what is the price for a uh, meta quest 2 uh it all went up everything went up a hundred dollars didn't it so i think it's like 499 now i want to say for the pro model i'm not sure i think everything went up a hundred dollars so mm. I think Sony will look at that and think, okay, we can do that. But obviously, um, we, as we spoke about two weeks ago, developers and media have had hands-on with PSVR 2, and they all said the same thing. It feels very luxury. It feels amazing. It feels very expensive, and they cannot imagine it coming out, especially with the controllers at the same price as PS5. So we'll have to wait and see <laughs> what we're going to get, right? But it's yeah, one of those things see. where if it's reasonably priced, yeah, okay, let's look, look at it. But it's software that's going to sell it. You know, you can't just release a VR2 headset and say, yep, here you go, but there's not enough software for it. There needs to be a lot of software. I think a PSVR1 launched with over 20 games. So you need you need something similar on this yeah, front. You know? I, think, I think that, yeah, like, yeah, price, it's all about price, isn't it? Um, I'm thinking it's not going to be 499 it could be cheaper, you know. They could, because it's all about content, right? As long as they can just get people, as long as they can get the headsets into homes, they can make all the money back off sales uh, of games and software, you know. So, and, you know, most people are, are signing up to uh, PS Plus now. So, you know, that's going to be bringing in like a, a recurring revenue, which, you know, to the likes that they didn't really have before. You know, they've got a lot more packages available as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see another stream um, of revenue coming from the PSVR games, you know, as we kind of mentioned last week about backwards compatibility, for example. So um, I'm sure if they could just rejig their model, they could come in at a really at a lower price um, and just smash the competition. Because that statement right there, 2 million is ballsy. It really is, you know, they must have something special up their sleeves besides Horizon uh, Call of the Mountain. Yeah. So maybe it could be the price point. Hopefully, mate, hopefully I'm praying. I am praying that that price point is kept down, you know, because I do not want to sell one of my children just to get this headset. So not again. we will, we will have to see <laughs> what happens. Okay. 
We're sticking with Sony still. I said there's a lot of news. A number of Sony's first-party PlayStation studios are using Horizon Forbidden West's Decima game engine to develop new projects. The original iteration of the Decima game engine was used in the development of Killzone Shadowfall for PS4. What a great game. And was later used for Horizon Zero Dawn, Until Dawn, and Death Stranding. The tech was later updated for Horizon Forbidden West and is now being adopted by numerous first-party studios at the PlayStation Maker. Speaking during an interview with Famitsui Magazine, via translation, Herman Holst, head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios, commented, of course, there is also the sharing of technology. For example, there are several studios using Guerrilla Games' Decima engine. We also place importance on improving our technology, and we share that idea amongst the studios. Alex Decima, we've seen how amazing it can be in other hands. We saw what it did with Death Stranding and what Kojima could do with it. And it's good to hear that Many other studios, you know, the in Sony's wheelhouse are either using Decima, you know, some are using Unreal 5, which have announced as well. Mm-hmm. Exciting times to see the tech. I mean, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, a world that big with that many layers, you know, from ground to air and everything seamless. It yeah. just shows the power of that engine, doesn't it? Yeah, it's good. And it gives them options uh, besides the increasingly popular Unreal uh, engine. Um, but to be honest, I don't know. It's I'm I'm glad that they've actually got like a nice backup just in case because I think the more and more developers that come on board, um, they will be looking at um, technology which is you know which they've potentially grown up with or that they have a lot of experience with, and I think it comes down to how much experience they have with the likes of you know proprietary ones like Decima. Um, but I do think that more people will be switching over, including a lot of the first party and games on Sony uh, switching over to uh, the Unreal. Unreal 5. We already heard uh, potentially Microsoft will be switching over as well for Halo, um, which is going to be a massive feat in itself. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. We don't talk about that. It's a mess. <laughs> it is a mess. But like going forward, you know, they need to make sure that they've got, they've got the best talent um, and developers as well. You know, Unreal 5 is just, you know, it's just become, it's, it's going from strength to strength. So I'm happy to hear about their own Decima engine. But realistically, it's only a matter of it's only a matter of time before everything's Unreal Engine six or seven or whatever. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, that's not, it, but it's good to hear. Yeah, more importantly, I think as well to note is if you are using an internal engine and different companies are using it, it means development is faster. You know, once you've used an engine and you're going onto it, a lot of assets are already done. Whether you're making a sequel yeah. to a game or something, so. Constantly using Unreal Engine 5, constantly using Decima is great because not everybody has all these different engines that they're working on. If you're signing up key talent, which is a big thing in this industry, you want them to Mm -hmm. be able to embed into what you're developing quickly and using similar engines, whether it be Decima or Unreal, is a massive perk on that front. But a company that needed to learn about engines before releasing their last game is... (laughs) ready to fly forward to the future alex you've got a big story yeah. for number four yeah we're talking about cyberpunk it's back in the headlines ladies and gentlemen after announcing that cyberpunk had surpassed the 20 million milestone cd project red have been given again um been at it again sorry and, and they're talking about new games firstly a sequel for cyberpunk 2077 currently given the code name orion is in development with no current release window 
Uh, yeah, I know I can hear you guys like laughing already. They can't even fix the original game. But anyway, uh, on top of that, CD Projekt Red also announced three upcoming titles in the Witcher franchise set to kick off a new trilogy. The first is code name Polaris and is the same game CD Projekt Red has already, already announced. A new single player story driven RPG set in the world of The Witcher. Um, uh, the first, uh, sorry, uh, then Sirius, uh, which is a new approach to The Witcher um, and will be developed by a new branch of the studio to be set up in Boston. Uh, together, the Boston and Vancouver teams um, for CD Projekt Red will be known as CD Projekt Red North America. Both teams will be working on Sirius and part of this new approach the studio is talking about is the inclusion of multiplayer. The last new Richard title coming is codenamed Can Canis Majoris, and that title um, will be developed by an external studio in an attempt to streamline the studio's ambitious pipeline. Also, CG Project Red is still aiming to have The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt hit PS5 sometime this year, but no release date was given. Um, they go on to say there will be three games in this, this in this saga, and we aim to deliver them over a six-year period, starting from the release of Polaris, said Adam Kininsky, President and Joint Chief of Executive Officer at CDPR. It's a bold statement, uh, Kinsinski said, I'm sure I'm just butchering his name, um, immediately after declaring the studio will attempt to um, release three major RPGs in that short time. But yes, that is an amazing feat for both for CD Projekt Red to even try and put a new um, host of games together. But I'm kind of glad that they're actually um, diversifying uh, their skills and their talents for this new North American office. What are your thoughts, man? I think they have learned a lot from cyberpunk 2077 i don't think they're going to release three rpgs in six years for the witcher without sacrificing quality in a big way um the witcher 3 turned into the game and the popular go-to streaming game that it is based on a long development cycle and long fixes and updates to that game that made it what it is today to the point where we are waiting for that PS5 and Xbox version for it, you know, and it sold so many millions and millions of copies and it spawned the TV show based on its success. Now, the problem they have is, okay, taking the Cyberpunk sequel out of the equation, let's not talk about that, but to have three Witcher games in development, one in your Polish studio, one in America, which you need to set the studio up and work from there, and one external... I feel like the external game is going to be smaller. I feel like the American game will be a smaller game with multiplayer attached to it. And then the Polish game is the big one, you know, the big Witcher game, which is going to sell millions. But to them, they're just looking at it and think, you know what? Let's drop a billion dollars, three games, develop it, all using the same engine, sharing assets and things like that. I think you will see a sacrifice in quality on these games. But mm. it's it's... You know, I'm just waiting for the development delay on the first game and say we may have to reschedule our timeline, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> what do you think? I think it keeps investors happy knowing that they're actually not just going to be focusing on a broken game for the rest of the next 10 years. Um, but they're all they are going to be relying on their, you know, established franchise, The Witcher. So I guess it's good. It's also good to see that they're actually in further development. But um, realistically... I think there's some real internal issues in terms of the development. Um, obviously, we've seen it with um, Cyberpunk. Uh, but I do hope they manage to get together. 
Um, maybe it's their engine. <laughs> you know, going back to engines, maybe they need to switch to Unreal. Uh, and maybe that will help streamline things a little. Who knows? Only time will tell. Well, I think that I think with CD Projekt Red uh, and Cyberpunk 2077, their biggest issue was the game was so ambitious, they tried to get it on PS4 and Xbox One. That was the problem. There was no problem really with the PC version or the Stadia version. And there wasn't really a problem with the PS5 and Series oh, X version. You know what I mean? No, 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 there were problems. As you expect, there's no, there, there hasn't been, a, you know, an open world game that complex. You're going to expect it no matter what. To get zero bug fixes, something is going to break in that game of that size. As you see with all open world games from GTA, from Rockstar to CD Projekt Red to Sony, everybody, you know, mm. I think just the time wasted trying to get the PS4 and Xbox One version to work really hindered them madly. And I think now, I will piss myself laughing if they say, yeah, they come to PS4 as well, these games. No, 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 no. If you're just focusing on PC <laughs> and the next generation with the SSD, yeah. you'll be all right. Because that was the biggest issue was the SSD to HD and the loadings and the trying to get assets on the screen at the same time. You're it right, should help you're them, right, you know. Right. It was, but, but they were just looking at that quick bucket at closely. They have oh, yeah, store, but it's 110 million. So it's just like, yeah, cool. We can recoup pretty quickly, but... Yeah, but the fact that they're saying the next six years means what they're realistically talking about is that these next three Witcher games will be all PS5, with potentially one of them being PS6 at the end, you know, if it's over six years, because by that point, the PS5 would have been out for eight, so we would have been hearing about PS6 by then. Um, I know it's gonna be interesting, (laughs) I'm really excited. <laughs> but anyway, we're breaking yeah. in between these and I'm dying. My nose is leaking, but we're back for number five. No nose leak will stop me from reading number five. Okay. <laughs> PlayStation boss Herman Holst. I swear to God, he's broke a record for the amount of names, same name mentioned on an episode. PlayStation <laughs> boss Herman Holst has said working with From Software on a movie or TV show is not unthinkable, meaning a silver screen adaption of Elden Ring, Dark Souls, or Bloodborne could be on the cards. Holst told Reuters that. While game development will always be priority, Sony's recent investment in From Software may lead to opportunities beyond gaming too, even with its PlayStation Productions movie and TV arm. You should think of collaborations on the game development side first and foremost, he said about the From Software investment. But it's also not unthinkable with our PlayStation Productions efforts that we explore opportunities. I mean... People, I've seen people moan about this saying, ah, listen, if you want a Bloodborne remake, you need Sony to say, yes, let's make something like a Bloodborne film or a Bloodborne TV show. Because if rumors of a Horizon remake are to go about, it's Sony want to release a game alongside a PlayStation production, right? So Mm -hmm. you definitely, definitely, you know, with the Uncharted Thieves collection was the Uncharted movie. With the Last of Us remake was the Last of Us HBO show. So if you want a flipping Bloodborne remake that we've been screaming for since 2015, 2016, you want them to say, yeah, we're making a Bloodborne TV show because what's going to happen? You're going to get the remake to go alongside it. So that's what you want. (laughs) I mean, it's a smart, smart move, Alex. Tencent and Sony both went in and invested heavily in From Software to make sure that you know that they're tied in and i mean people be like why why from software but we think six over what did we say over 16.6 million copies of Elden ring sold since it launched earlier Already. This year. you know what i mean yeah. that's money even if you're sony and you've got 30 percent of the company and you're like yeah we're releasing <laughs> the game on xbox you're still making 30 percent of 16.6 million sales so who cares if it comes out like this is one of those games right but yeah it is 
Elden Ring TV show or film for you, Alex? Elden Ring, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm glad that they were actually able to just, just well, I guess it's still part of the Souls franchise, isn't it? But relatively, it's a new arm to it. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the crowd is screaming for more blood. There's, the crowds want blood. Yeah, they want Bloodborne. So um, it's nice to know that they're, um, they're still um, two feet deep in terms of making alternative content besides games. Um, and we're going to be seeing movies and TV shows and whatever else. Um, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm just happy to hear that these companies are just starting to diversify because it could just easily get stale. Um, and as we know, the streaming market is making things a lot more accessible to people. We've already heard, um, well, lightly heard, Nintendo is also dipping into this market as well with Nintendo Studios. So uh, we'll be seeing a host of content, not only their Mario Brothers film coming out, <clears throat> but of IPs. So it, this just seems to be the trend now for especially well, a lot of these companies. We have a Nintendo show scheduled for tomorrow, which is Friday the 6th, which is going to show off Mario, uh, which is all about the Mario film. So it should yeah. be really uh, cool to see. And it's always great to see video games hit the big screen, you know, like Sonic and stuff like that. It's great IP yeah. and it's fun. If they can get yes. the look of Mario right and the sound isn't too jarring for us, then, you know, we'll be all on board for it. But yeah, Elden Ring. I, I mean, yeah, it'll be cool to have that, but I'm just still waiting for that ray tracing update. Hit me with that ray tracing update, then I'll play Elden Ring, and I'll be interested in the TV show, right? I don't even know if that's coming out, man. I mean, geez, it seems like they're just too happy making all that money. Um, well, yeah, speaking so we'll of uh, next speaking of things coming out or coming out on time, Alex, there has been a time frame put on a big deal, which you've got in number six know. for us. Well, let's find out. Yeah, the UK competition regulator has set a deadline for March the 1st, 2023, to publish the findings of its inquiry into Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. In September, the Competition and Markets Authority, short known as the CMA, said its inquiry into the $68.7 billion merger had officially been expanded to a second phase due to a number of antitrust concerns. Notably, the CMA is worried about the impact the deal could have on PlayStation's ability to compete, given that the deal would see Microsoft gain ownership of the massive Call of Duty series. Um, boss of PlayStation Jim Ryan traveled to Brussels to meet EU regulators in person to discuss Microsoft's impending Activision Blizzard purchase. Representatives of Google, owner of Stadia, well, sorry, RIP, um, have also reported raised issues. Um, Microsoft has unveiled a new website regarding its planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard, claiming that rival Sony and Nintendo will remain biggest players um, as far as traditional gaming is concerned, even after the deal is complete. Many industry analysts believe this to be PR talk as Microsoft has spent over $100 billion in acquisitions over the last few years. Wow. So yeah, so it's not all um, sunshine and rainbows on the Microsoft front in terms of the acquisition deal. Obviously, everybody was dumbfounded when we first heard about the, the billion dollar merger, the hundred billion dollar merger. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be as easy as a walk in a park or whatever acronym or example yeah, you so want to give there's, so there's so much money involved. We spoke about this, about card, about Game money, Pass. Like... It's at the same time, but... As I mean, I sent you an article. If you haven't, listeners, if you haven't seen it already, just go to For just type in Forbes uh, Microsoft Activision on Google, read the article, and they laugh at the fact. To, if you have to create a website to help prove a deal is legitimate, it's not legitimate. You know what I mean? You don't have good <laughs> intentions at heart. 
You know what I mean? And if all the quotes on there are from Microsoft executives and developers who are aligned with Microsoft or people who are going to get rich from the deal, is it legitimate? You know, and it's just interesting to see because obviously it is a big loss. Even if Call of Duty, you got to remember Sony makes 30% of everything. So think about how many millions Call of Duty sells every year, how much DLC sells every year. Sony's making 30% of that money. Microsoft making money as well, you know? So it's always a big, big thing. It's always about money. It is a big concern um, because to have something, it's if Sony tried to buy Grand Theft Auto, you know what I mean? It's not, I mean, Sony were quick with the Bungie deal and Destiny by publicly Mm -hmm. coming out with a statement from Bungie, from Sony themselves saying, we are not making Destiny exclusive. It will never be exclusive. It's going to be on everything. It will continue to be supported. And they just made it black and white. But every time Phil Spencer is asked a question, every time a Microsoft spokesman is asked a question, it's that gray area response, you know what I mean, of not telling you if what's happening with Call of Duty. All they're going to say is, no, we're not going to ever, ever take Call of Duty away. You know what I mean? But they can't say it because they want to do it. You know what I mean? They can't say it. They can't say it. It's going to be a very messy situation. Obviously, we know that, you know, like you've mentioned numerous times on the podcast, that Xbox wants to get X Pass on everything, you know, including Sony products. And obviously, you know, there already talks about putting it under the Switch as well, um, or future iterations of both consoles. And and obviously, this game would be a key asset to that plan. Um, So we'll we'll see, you know. um, If they can't get a deal through, it's just going to make it look like a waste of time. (laughs) But um, um, but yeah, uh, ultimately, time can tell. Time will tell. And to be honest, I don't really think um, they can... They've just got to find a nice way to skirt in that gray area, haven't they? They've got to say, yes, it will still be released on these consoles. However, to play it, you will need our Game Pass. And that's it. Just just be upfront and say it, you know, and then they can work out the logistics of how they're actually going to get Game Pass onto both respective platforms. But um, that's the best way forward, you know, and that's obviously what they want to do. Just come out and say it and mm-hmm. deal with the repercussions afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Um it's, it's, it's like a little drama TV show, you know, it's like a little saga. What's going to happen? Next time Blizzard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, time will tell. And obviously, listeners, we will keep you up to date with every little tidbit of news and updates about the deal that's going to happen between Microsoft. Well, I just want to just point out that the uh, the part in the article that said representatives of Google, owner of Stadia, have also reported race issues. It's like, why was that even in the article? <laughs> Especially from Well, no, we I think that was a big thing because I think um, one of the big points for Google is they spent over half a billion dollars on ensuring they had deals for Call of Duty and tech and get it running where it's seamless and there's no lag or input issues or anything like that and it's all been taken away and they said obviously the consistent pulling of Bethesda games and things like that has played a big part in Stadia's fall as well you know they're they're just pushing the blame on something that where they just it couldn't uh, we spoke about it when it got first announced ideally Mm -hmm. like the ps vita like other things it was a great concept like guy kind of but you've got to it's got to be sustainable from a financial standpoint even if you are google you know what i mean and google don't like to lose money and no one does even if you're a trillion dollar company you do not like to lose money even if it's only in the millions or whatever so Yeah. yeah it's um it's a shame but We'll see what happens with streaming and obviously with Microsoft and everything going forward on this show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
Now, this is the usual time in the episode each week where I pass over to the beautiful Demi. Unfortunately, I cannot do that this week. She has also fallen down with a sickness bug, so she's not available this week. She should hopefully be back for next week. So I will go through all the charts and then the letters for you. So as predicted as last week, number 10, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number 9, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number 8, Grand Theft Auto 5, Alex's favourite. Number 7, Minecraft. Number 6, Horizon Forbidden West. Number 5, Nintendo Switch Sports. Number 4, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number 3, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Now that had a boom in sales last week, growing 252% and climbing from the 10th position all the way up to number 3. The growth was particularly significant on PS5, on which 63% of the copies shifted that week were all on that platform. Number two was last week's number one, Splatoon 3. So yet another game that was at number one for three weeks and couldn't hold on to the number one spot. But I think this game will do that. Number one, FIFA 23, which went straight in at number one. It beat FIFA 22's launch sales at retail, which is great. Sales for this year's instalment have gone up 1.6% compared to 2021, which may sound like a small increase, but is significant as it follows two years of serious decline at retail for the FIFA franchise, and the series was already steadily decreasing before that. Sony's consoles dominated FIFA 23 sales, with 41% of the copies shifted going to PlayStation 5, which is now the biggest retail platform for the football series, and 30% going to PS4. So that's 71% of all of FIFA 23's copies were sold on PlayStation. The Xbox One represented 17% of the sales, followed by the Nintendo Switch and the Xbox Series consoles, both at 6%. Launch sales for FIFA 23 and Switch were 20% higher than FIFA 22. FIFA's 23's excellent performance, of course, had a knock-on effect on the UK box office as a whole, with revenue up 420% week on week. Um, And obviously, outside of the top 10, we had Square Enix Valkyrie Elysium debut at number 12, and NIS America's The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero entered the list at number 18. Not much to say, Alex, on the charts, really. As expected, Splatoon couldn't hold on to number one for a fourth week. Nothing can, but obviously that is the juggernaut. That is FIFA 23 at number one. Your thoughts on obviously FIFA going to number one and obviously selling more on the PlayStation side of things because it's that sort of thing, isn't it? It's just FIFA. It's that time of the year. You know, it's just it's the FIFA season. The same way we call a duty season. These are just game name stays, game stays or whatever. Now, um, the question is, Alex... Will it be FIFA that holds number one for four weeks? <laughs> well, who knows? What have we got? What's coming up? When's their Call of Duty dropping? That's what I'm saying. I think it's the only game that can take it off is Call of Duty, right? Um, mm, well, exactly. we're in a, no God of War is not in those four weeks. Uh, Call of Duty might be in the fourth week, actually, where FIFA could do it. So it's, it's a sign. Really? It's a sign. It's, yeah, it's yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. No game has managed to do it yet, but we'll see. Okay, Alex, now we've got two letters here and we pre-recorded without Demi. So if I mentioned Demi talking in the letters and things like that, I apologize. She isn't on there. So you're going to hear us talking about Demi maybe during the letters, but it's me doing the letters for you. But our first letter comes from Marcin in Poland. For Sunny and Alex, 
I play all consoles and I'm curious to know if Sony had Halo, how would they fix the broken Halo Infinite? Sweet new program, my friends. All right, Alex. Halo Infinite. If Sony had Halo Infinite, how would they, how would they fix it? <laughs> Besides, get the game to work first. <laughs> um, yeah, if 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 Sony had Halo, it would have been uh, an amazing story-driven game first, first and foremost. Um, and the multiplayer would have been crap. Um, but that's just the way <laughs> Sony do it. Well, you know um, what? But no. Uh, I'll tell you straight now. It says they would have released it like factions afterwards. You know what I mean, like as an afterthought. Uh, mm-hmm. But it would have been one of the best epic Halo single-play narrative-driven storylines you've ever seen. Uh, enough to warrant a TV show or even a movie afterwards. That's what would have happened. Well, Martin, um, I'm gonna blow your mind and say if I was Sony and you had Halo Infinite, I would be like, "Here you go, Benji. Take your baby back. You invented Halo." What do you want to do with it? Get it going. You know what I mean? And whether they want to embed Halo into Destiny and create a new world or if they want to go back and fix it. But I would turn around and say, right, Bungie, you have the online side of Halo. Do what you like with it. Complete freedom. Do what you want. And I would say at the same time, you know what, Guerrilla Games, you made kills on your grave. You make the story. You make a narrative section for it. You know what I mean? And which will come out. With the multiplayer will be an online service that's constantly going that Bungie are working on alongside Destiny. And then you also have a single player game as well coming out, which would be it's the only way you can fix it, really. You, to fix Halo, you've got half of the people that want a proper strong story, which it hasn't had in years since probably like Halo 3. And then you've got the other half that want a consistent online game, you know what I mean? Um, which Bungie is there for. So you know, yeah. that's the only thing you could do to fix it. It's just give it back to the originators, which is Bungie, and let them do what they do best. Give it back to the originators. And uh, they they would have just released it later on in the cycle, the console cycle, instead of making it bleed onto the previous gen uh, and just make it like a complete next gen or current gen experience. Um, and I think that would have just, just blown the socks off it, really. Just give it a few years. I mean, people really wanted Halo, but they could have waited. But obviously Microsoft <laughs> didn't. Um, but yeah. It was an impossible fix. <laughs> so sorry, sorry, Witten. Or sorry, Marchin. We now go to Wendy from Newcastle in the UK. Hello from up north. I have been listening to your show ever since the PS5 launched, and I have to say it makes my week. I listened to it on the way to work. Episode 100 is my favourite. Speaking of favourite, now to my question. What are your top three non-PlayStation first-party games of all time? Uh, Wendy, you are whew, loading that question there on that one. Um, top three non PlayStation first party games of all time, Alex. Not so, what's your well, top three, not including PlayStation first party games? I mean, what we both how are we lining up these Metal Gear games because that's pretty much what we're about to say. <laughs> Metal Gear, Metal Gear, Metal Gear, right? But I think yeah. um So these have to be um PlayStation just, just, games, do they? No, 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 just your top three non-PlayStation games. I'm joking. I know you're gonna have some shit from the <laughs> Nintendo side in there, but I think Sorry, for me, yeah, you're right. It'll be like Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 3, Mass Effect 2, maybe. Mass Effect 2 is that good? Is it really that good? Or you know what it is? It's like 
when you when, when you make your list, you got to think what how did you feel when you played the game? And oh my god, it was a space game. It was huge. I was making the decisions and everything. Like, oh my god, what a game! Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, is there anything else alongside that? There's nothing on the Nintendo side for me. Uh, I don't count sports or Tekken in a top five um, because they're religions. So I think uh, I'm trying to think. Why Batman they v- take the top spots? Yeah, yeah, Batman VR maybe. And then nah, I think I stick with that Metal Gear Solid one, Metal Gear Solid three, and Mass Effect two are my top three mm. non PlayStation games. What about you? Um, well, this is easy for me, isn't it? Um, obviously, I have to throw Zelda up there, Breath of the Wild. Definitely one of the best games of all time. Um, one of the, yep, one of the emptiest games of all time. What else? To the yeah, the best games of all time. Empty, empty, yeah, empty. You know when you don't, <laughs> when you don't finish a game, but you release it. <laughs> um, what else is there? There is, um, yeah, Mark Solid Three will definitely be up there. And uh, unlike you, I will be putting fighting games and sports games in there. And second dark resurrection, second dark resurrection, second yeah. dark will be in there as well. Happy, <laughs> yeah, so that'll be my free. So, Mark Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Tekken. Nice. Cheers for that, Wendy. Reminds me to go play those games. And thank you, Demi, for those uh, questions and their charts as well. But Alex, that's the end of our show. We've reached the end. It was a massive news week. It was. Whew, it was a whole special edition. We should have just retitled it. Definitely. <laughs> um, like an interview with the dude. He gave us so much information. Love it all. I know. Um, it was massive. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm happy. Any final comments for the listeners this week? Yeah. Um, actual interview with Herman Holtz. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, let us know. Um, I think that he seems like the right guy to to head PlayStation Studios, right? He just seems like he knows exactly what to say at the right time. And I'm looking forward to the IPs that they're looking to release. Um, but so listeners, what do you think? What type of new games would you like to hear them come up with? Any new genres? Or would you like, um, you know, remakes of what we already know? You know, does there, is there, are there any other genres that we haven't even tapped in? You know, any ideas that we haven't even thought about doing first? Um, let, us in, let us know in the comment section below. Excellent. Um, and thank you very much for listening to the show this week. Just remember, most importantly as well, whatever you listen to, whether it be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, anything like that, just make sure you subscribe to the channel. Obviously, Demi's promoted everything throughout the show. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Welcome. Welcome to the-